Hey everybody and welcome back to the Off The Key Podcast where we talk about music of all varieties. I'm your host, Mac, and today I'm joined by my two regular co-hosts, Garrett. Big Ups, Singapore. And James. Hello there. And today we are talking about the sophomore studio album, just came out fresh off the presses from Japanese, British singer, songwriter, and model, Rina Sawayama. Now, I was the person who picked this album, and the reason I picked this album is because... I'm a big Rina fan, and I think she is pushing the boundaries of pop music right now. I think she is at the forefront and taking us to the future of pop. Her last two albums, Rina and uh, Sawayama, bangers. Sawayama is literally one of my favorite pop albums of the last decade. The singles leading up to it, there were about five. They were all pretty good. They really had my expectations for Hold the Girl pretty high. Plus, you had that collaboration with Charlie XCX earlier this year, Beg For You, off of uh, Crash. That was a great song. I mean, I didn't care too much for Crash, but that was definitely one of the highlights for me. My impressions so far are very positive. Mainly, it's her voice, her singing talent that sticks out the most to me. Rena has given me kind of a breath of fresh air. I didn't know about her prior to this, but I do agree with James' prior statement. This year has seen a lot of pop move back to the sort of more danceable, bombastic style instead of the very minimalist bass drum, boom, boom, clap, Imagine Dragons kind of stuff that we were getting there in the mainstream pop there for like a long time. We're getting back to the more cluttered, danceable tracks like, you know, Beyonce gave us like very like busy dance, electronic oriented tracks. Yeah, and one thing you'll notice right away about Rina Sawayama and her influences is she is pulling from so many popular styles and genres from the 2000s. She is like a female pop star megazord. She has so many influences that she just kind of like mixes there in the pot. Like I'm getting a lot of Joanna era Lady Gaga, um, some Kelly Clarkson in there, some Shania Twain, Miss Hale. Definitely a lot of. Britney Spears in like the more like low key spoken parts. Some real off the wall influences as well. On her last album, she had a new metal inspired track called STFU. And her first EP, Rena, that was heavily inspired by R&B pop music from the 2000s and the 90s. And she takes these styles and blends them into this giant music soup. And it still works impressively well. One of my favorite things about Rina Sawayama is how she's able to intelligently take all of these styles and influences and still make it into a really catchy and kind of quirky pop song. It reminds me a lot of the the effort and passion put into the music that Steely Dan and Toto did in the late 70s and early 80s with albums like Asia and Four. She's kind of a indie darling come up story because her first EP it was self-produced. She got the help from Clarence Clarity and this other guy. I think his name was Justin Taylor. She even mentioned in a tweet that she worked two or three jobs for several years before she actually was able to fund her first EP. Music outlets, they started to notice her. Specifically, The Guardian, who noted that Sawayama could shepherd pop into the future. And I think that was a very good prediction because Sawayama... Her debut album, it kind of took the pop world by storm and got her some mainstream recognition. She got popular enough to start touring with one of the biggest pop acts of the 2010s and now Charlie XCX, as well as getting a cover of Inter Sandman on Metallica's charity albums. Absolutely wild. 
And on top of that, even Elton John did an updated version of a song from Sawayama called Chosen Family with her. And that was fantastic. There are a lot of pop figures that I don't care for, but Rena is one that I've really rooted for. And that's because I've been following her since 2017. I think she's taking pop in a very exciting and interesting direction. See, there are artists that give a little bit of themselves. And while they may put instrumentals and production into a song that we've seen a lot before in pop, but their lyrics are genuine their song ideas are unique enough to be their own thing. Whereas other artists I see like Ed Sheeran of late, like Sean Mendez, like people like that. It's just, it's just like they just put their, just whatever in their songs. They're like putting a hand in the hat and pulling out some slips of paper. Like, Oh yes, I am a hmm, something for your whatever love. Okay. Yes. And they're just, they're writing songs that way. And it just feels like, Dude, I could have done that. She's very, very genuine, and you can tell that there's work put into it, and it's unique enough to carve its own thing and be worthwhile. One thing I do really appreciate about her is she's very open about her sexual identity and discusses that in a lot of her music. You know, she actually came out during a 2018 interview with Broadly where she stated, I've always written songs about girls. I don't think I've ever mentioned a guy in my songs, and that's why I wanted to talk about it. She actually identifies as both bisexual and pansexual. And to see who is so open about their sexual identity gain such a high level of popularity is great to see. So needless to say, there was a lot of anticipation for her sophomore effort. I thought the singles were great. You know, Hold the Girl, This Hell, I believe Hurricanes. But with that being said, I guess we'll go ahead and get into the album. So she actually, while all this was happening, you know, the Rena EP and the Sawayama album, she was signed to Dirty Hit Records, who was also signed acts like the 1975. She had all this build up, you know, the collaboration with Elton John, touring with Charlie XCX, being featured on her album, getting the Metallica thing, and we are now here, Hold the Girl, which was released on September 16th, 2022, via Dirty Hit Records. So this is my overall opinion on how this record fits into her timeline. Her AP and the first album and everything that you just described up to this point is her putting on a bathing suit going up to the pool and okay now she's at the pool and the pool is the figurative like the music industry and like her legacy and what she's going to do with her career and whatnot we kind of were expecting her to just jump into the pool and it feels like she just casually just walked into it it feels very tame and it doesn't really feel like a step forward it feels very very safe I'm honestly pretty disappointed with this effort, and it's exactly for the reasons you're saying. It feels like a safe album. She took a lot of the alternative edge and quirky, distinct beats that she had on her other stuff and her influences and really scaled that back and mainly focused on the 2000s pop worship. She wore her influences a little bit too much on her sleeve. It sounds very homogenized because of this. And that's not to say that there aren't a variety of cuts on this album. You know, you can expect that for pretty much every Rena project, you know, like Hold the Girl, This Hell. We got a little bit of country twang, Hurricanes, sounds very arena rock. We've got Holy, which has that real club dance pop feel, or even Your Age, which has a really industrial sound. It feels like it was all watered down. There is variety on this album, but it feels incredibly scaled back to try and appeal to that wider audience. Every song you're hearing, you're thinking, this sounds like a blank song. This sounds like a this. 
this sounds like that. And you're just like, wait, I've, I've just done this for like all of these songs. It's not that they were all bad. In fact, I don't think there was, there's like a definite like hard skip. It lacks the punch that her previous efforts had. And instead of feeling like her own interpretations on these styles, these genres, they feel like cosplays. They feel like covers various styles. Let's take Hold the Girl, for example. I enjoy that song, but it sounds very Gaga-esque. And see, that's the thing, is that she's not just doing it with her music, but she's also doing it with like her vocal delivery. It's a two-pronged attack. If it was just one side of the music, you can be like, oh, yeah, but she's doing her own thing on the other side. But especially Minor Feelings, that sounds like a cut that you'd, you'd hear on like Joanna. I mean, although it is a great opener, though. Don't get me wrong. It's kind of interesting that you mentioned that because she really does pull from several country pop singers on this album as well. I mean, this hell's got a little bit of a country twang to it. It kind of reminds me of something that Shania Twain would do. And the vocal delivery. I don't really get much of that in the instrumental. Not in the instrumental. No, yeah, not at all. The instrumentally, it actually reminds me a lot of Michael Jackson. I was tripping hard all week when we were talking about this album. So I was sitting there, I was like, man, is this? is this that synth from Michael Jackson's Beat It? Like, yeah. And I was trying, I was looking it up. I was trying to find the sample and I couldn't find it. It might've just been like a similar effect or something. Yeah. I think they were using the same instrument. I don't hear it. I don't know how you don't hear I do that. Not, I don't hear so, it. So think of the intro. One thing about Rena's music is it centers around family and identity being close to people. And this hell is kind of about going through this really terrible existence that is the human experience and having someone to do it with i think the beauty of it is that it's very minor like social commentary as well as like a love song kind of wrapped into one yeah it's incredibly bittersweet personally i think that's one of the most poignant songs here now i will say there are still some harder cuts here like your age your age is actually one of my favorite tracks here besides this hell and it's because it sounds like that old arena that real aggressive poppy still catchy sound that i really love from her yeah your age like imagining and those were my favorite tracks besides the the singles and let's not leave out some of the talent that's been showcased on a lot of these songs like this hell the guitar solo by vixen jameson who apparently came up on tiktok is is another element that adds to the (laughs) the beat it influence it reminded me a lot of the Eddie Van Halen solo on, on that song. And it also makes me think of Steve Lukather from Toto, who is also a famous session guitarist who played on a lot of pop songs in the 80s. What do you think about Frankenstein, Mac? We had an argument about this before the, the episode started, but I just I did not care for that song. I actually enjoyed it. I enjoyed the lyrics and like the symbolism of just wanting someone, you know, despite your reservations you're just like can someone just fix me as much as they love me like it's kind of a dangerous notion but it's fun to like play with and there's that it's very busy and i think that's kind of where that's where my problem yeah it's not the lyrical content i think the concept itself is very clever i just thought it was a great pop song well written well structured hooks were really really engaging i couldn't help but dance he was boogieing i was boogieing this song um, I didn't hate the track by any stretch of the imagination. Really, my only problem with it is the production. The only track that I genuinely disliked on this album was Holy Till You Let Me Go. It was a big throwaway. I could have taken it or left it on this album. <laughs> There's really not much I can say about it because of that, because it, it's so generic. And that leads into my 
main problem with this album for how much variety there is on this album it still somehow sounds homogenized it sounds like the drums on this album when there are drums are incredibly compressed almost to the point that it sounds grating and that was where i had a problem with it on hurricanes even though i do enjoy that song i think the drums sound awful on it for me at least it's not only the drums it's all the percussion the electronic the drum machine everything it, they sound absurdly compressed i first noticed it on hold the girl that was one of the main reasons that i did not really care that much for that song um it's still overall a good a good solid project yeah, yeah. I don't hate this album or anything. I, I had really high expectations for it, and I won't pretend like it hasn't influenced my opinion on it, but I think my criticism still stands in that it is significantly less ambitious than her last two albums and feels like it's losing its identity a bit. Yeah, this is a solid project in the lineup, solid notch on the belt, but I'd still say like Sawayama is like the intro I'd give if I was going to get someone into her. So do you have... Any final thoughts before we got into our ratings? For me, this is a clear example of what happens when you're trying to appeal to the most people possible. Like you mentioned earlier, Mac, you lose a bit of your identity. The key to creating a great musical project or any kind of art project is to stay true to yourself and put all of yourself into that work. It could fail, but more likely, it will succeed. It wasn't a full commitment to herself. That's exactly where I have a problem with this album. You know, is it the best, like, Rina Sawayama project? Not necessarily. Alrighty, well, I guess we'll go ahead and get into our overall ratings. You guys want to start? I'm actually am going to give this a decently high rating, despite its criticisms. I still think this is an overall very good pop record. It's very movable. It's very danceable. It has very poignant moments. Um, it is very creative in its songwriting, in its lyricism, in its concepts, and it blends those with stereotypical love songs and like thoughts of like missing loved ones, wanting to be close to someone, holding them up in high regard, but yet giving these minor little like social commentaries and reflections on herself and her mental state, her love life and her her identity. And it just kind of rolls them into one with these these dance pop and all these little electronic and pop influences everywhere. And she changes up her vocal style a lot and everything in between. But like I said, it's just kind of like this homogenization of styles and influences without really being able to put it under her arm. It's like she took was carrying the groceries in and they kind of like the bag busted a little bit. Some groceries rolled out. She didn't keep everything contained in the bag. Wasn't able to contain all those influences and keep them under wraps. But overall, I'd give this a 7 out of 10. Garrett, I'm going to agree completely with your sentiment there. If I were to look at this objectively as a pop album, I would say it's pretty good. There are a few production issues, production choices that I have issues with, like the beat on Hold the Girl. But overall, it sounds pretty good, has some great hooks. Like thematically and lyrically, it's very touching and relatable. I want more of a commitment to who Rena is. But overall, I'll give it a positive score, seven and a half. What you guys are saying is definitely right on the money. But overall, I think Hold the Girl is a pretty disappointing follow-up that sees Rina Sawayama lose 
so much of the production quality, the really distinct edge, and the really infectious beats that comprised her earlier work. She drops a large portion of what made her previous albums brilliant for a more pop sound that takes 2000s music worship to the extreme level. And you definitely got spurts of that on her last two projects, but here it's more apparent than ever. While I do think there are flashes of brilliance on this album with tracks like Hold the Girl, This Hell, and Your Age, I think there are just as many moments that left me wanting more and suffered from bad production like Frankenstein, Holy Till You Let Me Go, and Hurricanes. Now, I enjoyed Hurricanes, but my problems with that song lie in the production. I'm really happy that an artist like Rina Sawayama that I've been following for this long is getting mainstream attention. Well-deserved mainstream recognition, nonetheless. I still think this is a decent pop album. I think it's solid, and I definitely think it's a big step down from her past two albums. But it's still worth a listen, especially if you're a pop fan, especially if you are a Rita Sawayama fan. I would still check it out, and I definitely think it is one of the more distinctive pop efforts that have come out this year. It's definitely worth a listen or two, and definitely has great songwriting moments, great hooks. It's just feels too safe. But with that being said, I'm going to give this a rating of 6 out of 10. Dropping the bomb, man. Baba Booey. You're so fucking harsh. Terrible. What do you I'm mean? Just, just a... Six is a positive score. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. That's what people don't realize. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, with that being said, any final thoughts, guys? All good. Alrighty. Well, this is Off the Key Podcast, and we're out of here. Thanks, guys. here and i just wanted to give a shout out to lacrembo for the intro and outro music also check out our link tree for where to follow us we are on instagram and facebook and a variety of streaming platforms and if you could give us a sub or a listen or even a follow it'd be greatly appreciated thanks guys see you later